Top Sport on SAFM. The recap on Top Sport with Michael Abramson. Let's get to some of your text messages and we'll play some voice notes in a little while. So just completing that message from St. Nazi Jenkins from Durban. He says, good evening, bro, Mike. Firstly, congratulations to Bafana Bafana. They really made us proud. Hope Coach, Coach Clive's soul must be proud of that winning. Uh, my worry is for Saudi clubs, he says. It seems like they want to sign everyone and they're forgetting that they're killing their own national team by doing so. How will they produce their own players will, that will be competing in international tournaments if they're busy buying foreign nationals? Very good point made there. There's another message from Munya who says, Good evening, Michael. I was wondering if on your money show on a Tuesday evening you could cover player transfers. I think that's a really good suggestion. Uh, get an expert to explain how it all works, the nuances and the intricacies of this huge money business so that we as fans can understand exactly how it works in terms of player transfers, free transfers, loan deals and all those sort of things. So that's certainly a good suggestion. We'll make a note of it and no doubt on a future show in the on the money slot, we will endeavor to answer those questions. I think it will be a really nice topic to delve into. Then another listener who doesn't identify himself says, Hi, I agree with TJ about England declaring. If England lose this one, it's on Ben Stokes and Johnny Besto for dropping three important catches. Yeah, I have to say that Johnny Besto, as well as he did with a bat, and he made a very good 78 in the first innings, his wicket-keeping is has posed serious questions in this particular test match. He's dropped a few. He's missed stumpings. He's hasn't had the best of days at all. So it hasn't gone well in that regard. Let me give you an update from that Ashes test. At the moment, it's 89 for two, Australia. 89 for two, needing a further 192 runs to win at the wicket. Usman Kawaja, who is 29 not out, and Steve Smith is six not out. The men out, Warner for 36 and Labuschagne for 13. Both t- catches taken by Besto behind the stumps. Wickets to Robinson and Broad. Earlier today, if you weren't able to follow, England made 273 all out. It was an innings that threatened to get going, but never really got going. Root made 46, Harry Brook made 46, and Ben Stokes 43. So a whole lot of 40s in the middle of the order. But nobody else, nobody went past the 50 mark. The wickets were shared by Pat Cummins, 4 for 63 in 18 overs and two deliveries. Nathan Lyon took four for 80 in 24. And there was a wicket apiece for Josh Hazelwood and Scotty Boland. So that's how things stand at the moment. I'm just going to repeat the question again for you. And then we'll listen to some of your voice notes. I asked you to identify this player who played in the match on Saturday at FNB Stadium. He's the youngest of nine children. His nickname suggests he could do something special with a soccer ball, and he has scored before at international level. If you know the answer, let me give you those numbers one more time. 0614-104-107. That's for voice notes or text messages, or you can tweet us at SAFM Radio. Let's listen to some of the voice notes that have come in in the meantime. Good evening, Michael Abramsin. SAFM listeners, I am Seiso Kaikai. The player you are looking for is Zakele Zixbandini Lepasa. I thank you. Yes, Michael, I think the name you are looking for is Keshas Malula. Philip, Mashu. The answer for you is Hakim Ziyash. That's the player from Morocco. Uh, he's the last one of the nine kids, uh, a Chelsea player. That's it, Michael. Evening, Hash- uh, Mike. The, the guy you're looking for is Hashim. 
he's playing for PSG in France and he was playing against Bafana Bafana, playing for Morocco uh, on the weekend. I think the, the name is Hashim. Yeah, Matabani, Mukharani. The recap on Top Sport with Michael Abramson. And recap, it is indeed a third major of the season completed this past weekend in Los Angeles and yet another winner and an American whose previous best at a, at a major tournament was tied for 75th spot, Wyndham Clark. He snatched the honours with a final round par of 70 and denying Rory McIlroy another major Rory McIlroy's weight goes on he'll have to go to Liverpool next month for the for the Open and try and produce something there but we're joined on the line by Garrett Johnson who's a golfing correspondent a man who has been watching all the action in Los Angeles Garrett lovely to chat to you welcome to the show thank you Michael yeah like you said three majors down hard to believe we're almost done with the major season just before before we look back on on what happened over the weekend, just the the upheaval that we had last week with the merger, that surprise announcements, and with the two tours combining again, just how has that been received in the golfing world, and and, and what uh, sort of comebacks and spill-offs have they been from that? Yeah, no, I mean it's it's shocking news, and uh, you know it's still we've got a lot from the pressers from last week as in terms of what John Rahm thinks of it, and. Um, you know, they the the guys sound like they're going to make decisions that's best for them now. You know what I mean? They're of course they care about legacy, but they're not going to defend legacy as much as they used to when they're going to bat for the PGA Tour. So yeah, it's interesting. Um, and then of course the PGA Tour's commissioner Jay Monahan has has a sickness and he's got medical issues, so he stepped mm. down. So now he's in a position where he's completely out of the limelight. So who knows what kind of toll that news had on him just the reaction to the news from some of the bigger stars like rom and like rory right. um it's, it's a whole nother world now so we'll see it just sounds like you know the the superstars from both live and also pga tour that they kind of know that their future is is going to be together ultimately and and, and i think mm. that's good for the game in the sense that we're going to see the big names together more often than just the four major championships like this past week Right. Uh, for Wyndham Clark, obviously a, a great tournament and a, a surprising win, I suppose, in, in some respects. What do we know about him and, and in terms of his temperament of being able to, to keep composed in such a, such a big event under huge pressure right at the end there? Well, to me, like the temperament, it's just so rare to find a player that has never actually been in the hunt for a major, right? Has never like been there on a Sunday and, and experienced it before. And in terms of his temperament, like, you, you saw the way he was acting on the back nine. Mm. He, he looked like a cool customer. I mean, he looked like he'd been there before. And it's crazy that you have to go back to Keegan Bradley in 2011, who won his very first major, right? So he was in a similar situation, right? I know Wyndham had played a major before, but never finished in the top 70, like you said. Yes. But still, you have to go back 12 years to see a player that can actually get it done on you know, arguably the hardest tournament of the year mm. without that experience like that just it says so much about his ability to close and maybe it helped getting his first PGA Tour win a month ago in Wells Fargo which as they say is the same thing that Rory went through his first PGA Tour win was at Wells Fargo at Quail Hollow and he went on to win the U.S. Open for a second win and that's exactly what Wyndham Clark has done winning 
at, at Quail Hollow and then now winning at the U.S. Open. So it's um, it'll be interesting to see what he does from here. He's clearly on the Ryder Cup team for the U.S., and that's that's a big deal for a player in his 20s to get that experience as well. Yeah. Three different winners now in the three majors this year. Is is the tour really very, very open? Is, and is the, is, the, is the British Open tough to call as a result of that? Because it seems if different players step up at different times. Right, and, and we're seeing players who have maybe been in slumps who haven't really been in the mix as much getting there and, and putting themselves in, in the story. So something like Ricky Fowler, right? Like we would expect Rory to be in the hunt all the time, right? We expect John Rahm and Shuffler and all those usual suspects. But now we're seeing some players turn it around, and, and I think it's exciting for Fowler. I was, I was lucky I talked with him about a month ago about his experience the last time he played at Royal Liverpool where they're going for the open was with Rory in the final group. And oh, right. he learned a lot from that. He said, you, you got to slow himself down, right? You, it's easy to get quick is what he told me sure. on a Sunday of a major quick with your thoughts and also quick with your swing. So yeah. he learned a lot from Rory that day when Rory won, just watching Rory stake, you know, true to himself, stay within himself and, and not rush things. And I think, that's going to be an important lesson for Fowler to take as he goes back to this course at Liverpool to go for another Open. Talking about Rory there, as you mentioned in your answer, his weight goes on. Nine years since he last picked up a major title, it looked as if it was possible for many at many stages during the final round yesterday, but not to be for him. What's going on in his mind, and do you think he can bounce back and do the business in Liverpool? Yeah, that's a fair question, Michael. Yeah, I mean, only he knows mentally what, you know, what he's, he said he's, keep, he's continuing to put himself in position, right? He's going to keep coming back. His heart keeps getting broken, but no matter what, he's going to keep coming back. And when you have 19 top 10s in the last 33 majors since he last won a major nine years ago, at least he's, he's in contention, right? So he's still getting that experience. But yeah, like, what is it going to take for him to get over the top? I think when he goes to an Open next month at, at Liverpool, as you say, that's a course he's won on before. Yes. So he's playing well. Um, he beat 154 players at the U.S. Open, so he's <laughs> got that confidence coming in. So it, you can't set it up any better, if you think, for Rory, right? You're going back to a place that you know well and that you, you were the last one to win there. And you just played in the second-to-last group on Sunday, and he, he played decent. I mean, he didn't, he didn't give it away. Mm. But it, at least his form is still there. So it, at the end of the day, I mean, you, you have to beat 150-plus players, and at least he's he's showing some form. So we'll see. Maybe it's a mental edge. Maybe he just needs to find something mentally uh, to get him ready to close out some of these majors. Right. We just need to go to a short break, but we'll continue our discussion with Garrett Johnson, our golfing correspondent, right after this. The Recap on Top Sport with Michael Abramson. Continuing our golfing chat tonight with Garrett Johnson. Garrett, we were talking previously about this particular tournament. First time in, in quite a while that it's been staged on the West Coast in, in Los Angeles. How did the, the, the big gallery that came to watch the tournament, how did they re- receive the event? And it must be nice, I suppose, for California to host an event of this nature. Yeah, it's a big deal. I mean, the first time it's been in L.A. for 60 years. Mm. Um, I don't know, it's just nice to have variety, I think, for the U.S. Open, right? Like, it feels like it was always in New York for a while there. But now California has been hosting six of the last 16 U.S. Opens, which to me is like, wow, at the USDA, they must they must love the, <laughs> the primetime finishes on the, on the East Coast. You know what I mean? That must, be, that must be a big deal for them. Getting better ratings, maybe that helps for the ratings. I'm not sure. 
Right, well, and, and I mean, what a great tournament, as we said, coming down to right towards the end and both both the golfers in contention shooting level pars in that final round. Yeah, it's not like that. I mean, Clark obviously had a couple big shots, like on 14, and then he had a nice two-putt there on 18 where he didn't, you know, didn't make a big number. He just, he closed the deal. But yeah, it's, it's funny. Um, it, this reminds me of what Ricky Fowler told me about a month ago when I spoke with him, and I said, winning a major, what have you learned watching other people, like playing with Rory in the 2014 Open Championship? And he said, you don't have to do that much on a Sunday. Like, that was his takeaway, what, you know, seeing Rory win. His, you know, in 2014 was like, you don't, you just have to avoid the big numbers and the big mistakes. And I think to your point about Rory shooting, what, even par and, yes. and Wyndham Clark shooting even par, that's kind of what they did. They just kind of hung around and didn't make the big numbers on the back nine. Um, so, yeah, and it's interesting. We're in a place now with majors is if you're a younger player, you would think you have a challenge going up and beating guys like Rory or Dustin Johnson or John Rum. But at the same time, somebody like Wyndham Clark can go out there and, and do it. Right. So <laughs> I'm not sure where I stand with that. Like it, going into the Open, you asked earlier, who has a chance of winning the Open? Well, the top players are, are all still there. And Cam Smith, who's the defending champ, said he's playing as well. He's, he's played as better than last year. But yet guys who've never contended can win as they did yesterday. You know what I mean? So. It, the, I, I guess what I'm saying is it's an open, absolutely open book for who could win at Liverpool next month. We look forward to the build-up to that event and, and indeed looking ahead to that and and covering it and watching all the action for the final major of the season. So uh, many, many thanks, Garrett Johnson. Wonderful to chat to you and we look forward to chatting to you again many times on the show going forward. Sounds good, Michael. Good to chat. Thank you so much.